0: And welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. I'm your co-host Callie and I'm here with little hummingbird, Elise. Hello. (laughs)
1: Guess what I have today? Literal tea. I brought the tea so we could spill the tea
0: and I'm freaking excited about it. She's sipping on tea. Well, I'm glad you have the tea because today is actually like super special. This is gonna be the first time we're doing this. Hopefully the first of many. But today we actually have a guest. Woohoo! I know, I'm, very, I'm so excited. I'm very so excited. We're. I'm going to leave her identity a secret, even though you're probably reading oh. the description of the podcast and you know who it is. But anyway, we're going to introduce her um, in a little bit. But before we get to it, I want to talk about your sparkle. Okay, my sparkle is like not super
1: crazy, but I feel like... I just need to give a big shout out to Brene Brown. I already loved her so much, but this month for Blush's Book Club, we've been reading The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And I fucking love her. Like, I literally love her so much. I think if I met her in person, I would be like, can I hug you? Like, can I be your
0: friend? I think she would hug you. I feel like she would.
1: I mean, even if she wasn't down, if it was a non-consensual hug, I would still be fine with
0: hugging her. <laughs> be your one I would, exception.
1: I would force it on her, but um, no, I wouldn't, but I love her so much. So My sparkle is obviously related to Brene Brown because I just feel like she's amazing, but I feel like I was kind of in a little bit of a funk this past week. I don't exactly know like why I couldn't really like put my finger on one thing, but I think it was just like a culmination of things that kind of was just like hitting me from all sides. And so I was just feeling like... I don't know. I don't even know like the correct feeling words that I was feeling just like in a funk, kind of like feeling out of it. And Burnett, like reading her book, totally got me inspired, totally got me my spark back, literally gave me my sparkle. And it just was like, I need to do that. I feel like whenever I'm, I love to learn so much. And so whenever I feel like I'm not Learning or growing or like expanding my mind, then I kind of feel like I get in this rut, and then I start to question myself, like, "Oh my god, do I even?" I texted Callie, I'm like, "Do I even know what the fuck I'm talking about all the
0: time?" She's like, "Yes, you do." Yeah, that was a weird text. I was like, "Elise feeling insecure about her job?" Yeah, What's happening. What's happening right now? And
1: then I literally like opened the book, and then I was like, "Oh, she back?" Like. She here, She's good. She just took a little vacay, but like Brene brought her back. So if anyone is feeling a little like in a funk or like imposter syndrome or any self doubt, just like get inspired again. And I feel like that's like my go-to thing. And I, now that
0: I know that about myself, I can just like get to it next time. So, and let other people inspire you. Anytime I hear someone say get inspired, I'm like, that's a lot of pressure on myself though. I'm like, I, if I would, yeah, I would love to feel inspired. Like I feel like shit. I, yeah, I would love that. But it's like, you forget that it's like getting, getting inspired is usually at the hand of someone else. Totally. Someone else is inspiring you. Meaning like, Elise wasn't like, I will like meditate my way to feeling good. It's like Brene was literally like, this is what's up. Yeah. I loved it. So, Brene Brown,
1: if you're listening to this, one, you've made my life, and two, I love you. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) Brene. Okay, Callie, what is your
0: sparkle? I'm very ready. My sparkle is so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I also had a really bad week. I don't know. I know I said last podcast, I think it was, that I don't, like, believe in anything. (laughs) But uh, I do (laughs) have... I do have moments where I'm like, what are the planets doing? <laughs> maybe this is why I feel bad. Maybe. Uh, I get really hopeful that maybe Saturn is like out of orbit and that's why I'm in a bad mood. But is, that's probably not what's happening.
1: Is Mercury in retrograde? Because that's... I don't know. That's
0: a hard time for everybody. I don't know. That's when I bl- I'm like, oh, I'm late because of the red planet that's going backwards. <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> stupid. I mean, sorry. It's not that astrology is stupid. It's just, I'm stupid when it comes to astrology, but okay. So yeah, like my week sucked. I don't think I've totally recovered yet. Like blush is just stressing me out. I feel like I've kind of worked myself out of a job a little bit with blush. Like I've had to get a lot of my clients out the door. I hired a new kind of assistant, but she's going to be more than just an assistant. She's amazing. Um, and she's been doing a lot of work and i kind of feel like i've been a little in free fall plus like it's just spring is kind of a weird time for blush anyway i think people start to feel better and so i don't know it's just which is good but it's just been a weird time for for blush and then i'm on i feel like i'm going through some health i don't know why i said i feel like i'm going through some health stuff i'm going through some health stuff and i you know anxious about starting the new medication got on the new medication literally feel like a crazy person (laughs) so there's that and then, what else? I mean, we're just, you know, I think we're just stressed out. There's just a lot going on in both me and Andrew's lives right now where it's just, like, whole, like, every time I say it out loud to someone else, they're, I just get this look or this, like, pause of, like, are you okay? Because <laughs> it's just like, so, you know, when you put it out there and then you look at someone else's face and they're like, Holy shit. And you're like, Oh wait, shit. Holy shit. This is a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like I do that to my clients all the time. I always say I'm a mirror for you. And then that that's when they get their aha moments. Cause I'm just giving back what they're giving me. But like people are doing that to me right now and I don't mm-hmm. like it. So clients, mm-hmm. I'm very sorry. It's very uncomfortable, but we're just going through ton. And then over the weekend I found out that my one, one really, really good girlfriend, my other one already kind of left. She's in another country right now. And then my other one's leaving. Like she's, she's saying she's not moving, but she's like 100% moving. (laughs) Like when you buy a place in another city, you're moving. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think she just doesn't want to let me down because she knows it's going to kill me. Um, so like that really sucked, you know? So And I have a lot of guy friends and I'm not a guy's girl. Okay. I don't identify as a guy's girl. It's just kind of happened that way. Like Andrew has a lot of guy friends. I've got a lot of gay friends who I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I love, but there's something about female friendship. That's just Mm -hmm. completely different. And I've had a hard time finding it in LA and I don't think it's LA. I think it's probably, I think it's probably me. Like Elise, you tell me, sorry, this is a long ass sparkle. I swear. No, I love it. But you tell me like, The friends that you have right now, like the girlfriends, am I dumb in assuming that most of the time you met them through high school or through college or through like family or like some, or are you just like meeting people in Starbucks and like becoming best friends?
1: No, fuck no. Okay, when I go out in public, I'm literally like, nobody talk to me, nobody look at me, don't even like breathe in my direction, especially with COVID, right? Like I'm like, I don't even leave my house, but if I was, it's like, you better stay the fuck away from me, Mm -hmm. all my friends, I have met through some sort of organization, whether it's high school, college or grad school or blush, right? Like beyond that, I like, you know, I've, I've, I've reached out. I did like the whole Bumble BFF thing. When I first moved to Dallas, I don't talk to anybody that I met through there. Um, it's
2: hard, right? I
1: have messaged like a couple people. I have like Instagram friends that I've never met in person and probably will never meet in person, but kind of like catch up through each other's stories and like, you know, social media friendships, but like, like what you're talking about, like solid, like heartfelt friendships. Like, yeah, it's, you don't, I mean, it's really, no.
0: Yeah. It's tough. Right. And so I, and I moved and like, I've always done this. I moved a lot growing up. I moved, you know, after, after college, I moved again after grad school and now I'm in California. Like I wasn't raised Mm -hmm. in California. I don't know anyone in California. So it's just like, it's really tough, especially because I'm introverted. So I don't, my default is get away from me, <laughs> but that's not to say that like, I don't need sport. So my sparkle is that I'm sitting here throwing myself a pity party. And I'm just like, because like guys are great. But when I talk about what I'm going through, which doesn't happen that often, they just give me this deer in the headlights. Look like that mirror is like, they're scared shitless. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're not going to, okay, never mind. Let's talk about something else. You know? But yeah. Women, they're so like, Oh, that sucks. Or like, let's solve it together. Not like I'm gonna solve your problem, but like I'm in this with you. Yeah. God, we are the superior sex. I mean, there's only (laughs) we're just so great, and I'm having such a hard time finding amazing. I mean, that sounds awful. It's not. I'm having. I'm not having a hard time finding amazing women. I think I'm just having a hard time bonding. Um, With amazing women in Los Angeles and again, I don't think it's Los Angeles. I think it's just really tough to create friendships from scratch and so my one that I was able to do that with is leaving me. So now I'm just like, so grateful for like long distance friendships. So like Elise, I'm so grateful for you. I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to our guest who you don't know who that is yet, but I'm grateful for her. Like, I'm grateful for Emily. You all have heard me talk about this. Obviously my Caroline, this is just like a shout out to all my friends. Like <laughs> Charlotte, I love you, boo. Like my, and I, if you're listening to this and you are one of the five people I know, please be nice <laughs> Check in on me because I'm not doing okay. I'm not doing okay. Aww. Um, so that was, but like long distance friendships are legit. We don't need to like act yeah. like they're not real because they are. No, they totally.
1: And I feel like everybody, especially with the nature of this past year, like if we didn't have, if we weren't able to connect God. through the phone and through texting and through FaceTimes and through long distance, like we would all be in a much more miserable place, you know? But I think for you, it's like, you know, when you finally, you work so hard and you're like longing for something and then you finally get it. And then it's like, then it's being taken from you. I feel like that's when you're like, it's like, feels like your heart is leaving with. Oh know? my God,
0: totally. I mean, and I should have opened up Brené's book. You Instead, have. what I did is I drowned myself in drag race <sighs> and you don't watch it. So I don't know how to communicate with you right now. Elise. I know, I to watch Drag Race. I I, mean, well,
1: I bought it on iTunes, so um thank go god. watch it. Oh my
0: god. Oh my god. I have I'm like in love with this one drag queen. <gasps> okay, we'll talk about it later. I can't wait it like drag queens give me life. It's like the, like my blood energy. Like I just need it in order to, to, be, to be a functioning human. Like there's nothing better than men being like, yeah, I want to be a woman for a second.
1: Like, I love it.
0: Yeah. I would want to be a woman too.
1: Have you ever been to a real life drag show? Because
0: like, yes. Oh my God. Are you they're, serious?
1: Yes. They're so amazing. I went to one in Delaware in Rehoboth Beach and it was just like changed my life. Like I was like, can I be you? Like I want to be you.
0: (laughs) Drag queens are life. Yes. I'm like so obsessed. And drag race is so amazing. Everyone needs to watch. I'm not a big reality TV person, but you need to watch it. And it's literally my lifeline right now, (laughs) which is maybe my sparkle is also (laughs) RuPaul's drag race. Thanks (laughs) thanks, guys. Elise's was Brittany Brown and mine's. Drag race—that's where we're at. Okay, okay we gotta go. We gotta let's put this to bed because I'm starting to feel sorry for myself. Um, okay. I want to introduce to you guys our guest for today. So she is a senior life coach on Blush, and she's just so incredible, so heartfelt. Sometimes I call her the mom of Blush, and it's not because she has like mom energy necessarily, even though she is a mom, but she's just got that supportive like how can I help? How can I be there for you? I'm in this with you energy that I was talking about. Like, this is what makes female friendships different. Like, I feel like our guest completely embodies that. So percent. welcome to the podcast.
2: Oh my gosh. I am so happy to be here. Kelly, when you were talking about needing friends, I was like, oh, girl, I will be on your doorstep with a blankie and a movie and popcorn in two seconds. <laughs> I
0: know. See, that's the thing. And, and she would be. And so would Elise. And so that's why I'm so grateful. But, you know, we're on we're all on opposite coasts. Jenna's you know. in, on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. And Elise is like right down in the middle. So we, we do with what we can. Um, and... I really, really appreciate both of you. So thanks for being my sparkles. Aw, I love you both. Okay, guys. I am so excited about today's letter because I feel like I have some splaining to do (laughs) because of it, and I'm really excited about it. So Elise, why don't you go in and like dig in and read it? Okay. We're just gonna, let's just do it.
1: Everyone give me grace because my little lungs are small and this is a long letter. So we do
0: ask for a lot of details. So letter writer, thank you. You followed instructions perfectly.
1: She killed it. So I'm going to go straight into it. Okay. Hi, Callie and Elise. I wanted to write in to get your advice on balancing values and career. Listening to you both talk about valuing ambition and forward momentum and the positive forces those have been in your lives brought up some complicated feelings, and I'd be so grateful to hear your take on where I'm at with all of it. I really resonate with the Enneagram, and I've been around a lot of type three folks, most prominently my mom and a long-term ex of mine and many of my friends when I was in my early 20s. I'm a type nine, which is the peacemaker. But I haven't always let myself well be myself. I really integrated into those ambitious people around me. I used to really identify ambition as this huge part of me. I knew I wanted to be an artist from a young age and was encouraged by a lot of great mentors. I started going to portfolio reviews, evening classes, summer workshops, and packing my class schedule with art classes. I got some prestigious scholarships and was able to go to a good college and pack in some good internships, and have ended up with a steady job as an artist, which can be hard to find. I'm proud of myself, but it's been a conflicting ride. Since graduating college, and again, after years of pushing myself way too hard at my job, I feel like my relationship to creativity and ambition has completely disintegrated. I do well at my job, but I almost never make projects for myself anymore, and I have such mixed feelings, even about drawing for fun. I was so exhausted and burnt out and tired of ambition featuring in all of my relationships. I was tired of hearing about people's hustles. I was tired of the competitive nature of it all. And over the years, I'm now 28, around six years out of college, I've gotten much more in touch with my own values, which have emerged as connection, rest, play, authenticity, trust, intuition, and humility. When I hear the word ambition anymore, I can feel prickles of anxiety and resentment all over. I feel like when I was my most ambitious, I was also at my most miserable, disconnected, tired, and unsure of who I was, and yet everyone was proud of me and encouraged me to keep pushing ambition and goals and striving for more. I kept being told having these career passions, goals was such a positive thing, but I was just getting more disillusioned, confused, and lonely. Increasingly, I got more and more joy and meaning out of the things completely disconnected from ambition, cooking, walks, singing, even sleeping. Just dear God, not another coffee date where all we do is work on our projects and talk about career goals. Sometimes I think I want to think about work and career as little as possible and just put my energy into the parts of life that bring me joy. But here's the dilemma. I've been at my job for a bit over five years now, and while I don't dislike it, I also don't love it. There's not a lot of room to grow, and I feel a bit stagnant sometimes. It's hard not to wonder if I would be happier if I did shoot a little higher. However, art is an incredibly competitive field. I applied to a few other jobs over the last few years and have gotten to the interview and even second interview stage at several, but haven't quite been able to nail it. And openings I'm interested in are already a rare find. It's an exhausting process. And each time I have to make new projects to tailor my portfolio, put all this time and emotional energy into it. And then the next time I think about looking for opportunities, I have doubts if it's worth it. Whenever there's an opening at my current job, we get hundreds of applicants. And since it was my first major out of college, I don't really know if I would like another job more anyway. I sometimes think if I really want to love my career, And she says I'm most drawn to some very competitive fields like kids illustration product design and art licensing, which I'm not currently in I probably need to set aside a decent chunk of my free time and put some elbow grease into it. But just at the just the thought of that makes me feel this heavy sense of betrayal. I've been the happiest I've ever been in the past year and a big part of that has been me listening to myself. And whenever I think about working towards a bigger dream or ambition, I feel an old familiar feeling of not listening to myself at all. The thing is, how much can I trust that feeling in this particular scenario? I feel like I might just have been burned by ambition and ambitious people in the past. And maybe there is a lot of joy and creativity and fulfillment waiting for me if I can just work through those feelings. Or maybe I'm just as happy as I am right now because I've been listening to myself and that gut feeling of betrayal is something I should really trust. Maybe I don't actually want a new job and my career is fine as it is. Is this Is this nagging, complicated feeling I have about ambition something inside of me that actually wants to be let out, or is it just the voices of influential people who I care about and maybe don't always know what's best for me that are difficult to totally get out of my head? How do I know if I actually want something anyway? I know this is a question only I can really answer for myself, but I would be so appreciative hearing about your own experiences with this sort of challenge or perspective from working with many 20-somethings through their own questions and concerns about ambition. Thank you so much and bless you. Love an ex-ambitious artist. Whew! I need to breathe.
2: It. I need you to it. breathe. You did
0: it. Oh my God. Go girl. Go girl. Okay. Ex-ambitious artist. Um, I'll just answer that question for you real fast and then we're going to process it. But I mean, yeah, the, you're letting people get into your head. So, so just just so you know, that's what I think. We'll hear what Elise and what Jenna think. Um, it's really easily uh, easy to be influenced by your mom, especially if she's a three. My mom's an eight, so hello. I bend everything to my will at every point and have issues with control. And then I married an eight, so I married my mommy. But we can um, talk about that later. So- I want to clarify something, which I think is really important. When, when we got this email at first, I was like, I feel attacked. And then I was like, oh my gosh, wait, this is so good. Like I need, I have a, I have a problem of using a vocabulary that only I understand. And I don't explain what words mean to me when I use them. So when I use the word ambitious, I'm not talking about all the girls at the coffee shop who have to monetize all of their hobbies. Love you girls. That's just not me. Um, and like w- constantly want to have all of the side hustles. I don't identify with that either. I also feel bullied and shamed by them, even though they're very nice and inclusive. I just like, for some reason it doesn't click with me. So I want to give an example just to where you understand where I'm coming from. And honestly, everyone understands where I'm coming from when I talk about ambition. I watched the movie Nomadland this weekend. Have either of y'all seen it? No. It's probably on track to win Best Picture, I would imagine. Um, I think it won Best Picture for the Golden Globes, but I think it's it's a strong contender for the Oscars. It's a female director, Frances McDormand stars. I mean, is it like the, it's a little boring. I'm not, okay, fine, it's a little boring. But what was so interesting about it is I found the topic to be very ambitious. And basically the story follows people who are essentially wanting to get out of corporate America live in a trailer and kind of live life on their own terms. Like they work, they like go around the country and they'll work as like line, you know, cooks or they'll work as like national park, you know, tour guides. It's like, we're not talking about like suit and tie corner office, CEO type stuff. We're talking about like working with their hands and like getting by and not having a ton to spare. I would call those people ambitious. Like the fact that they are bucking tradition, following what they want, doing it themselves. People are looking at them like they're crazy. Those people are ambitious to me. So I think I'm using the word maybe a little differently than people might think that it would normally mean. Um, but to me, it just means listening to yourself and doing what's right for you to the fullest extent. Um, which to you, I think you mentioned uh, uh, cooking and even sleeping. Hell yeah. I mean, like those things to me are ambitious. If you're doing it in a way, let me clarify that, especially if you're doing it in a way where people are looking at you, like you have two heads, which are probably going to be all the threes in your life. So I just wanted to start with that. So now I'm going to bring Jenna in. Jenna, I want, I want to hear what you think about this.
2: Okay, well, I love what you just said, because I think that probably really helps, because even I have listened to the podcast obsessively since day one, because I live for this, (laughs) and have felt like, oh, wow, I'm like the least ambitious person on the planet, because I, I don't know. I mean, I just want to live my own little quiet life and do my own things with my own family and friends, and like, I don't care who sees, and I don't care what the job title is, you know, things like that. And I think it makes you feel like, oh, I guess I'm not ambitious. But that being said, do I go after what I want? Absolutely. Do I chase my bedtime? Like there's no tomorrow? hundred percent. So I love that clarification. And I feel like this, this letter writer has done so much work already with thinking through what her values are and what this inner conflict is. I'm so impressed, honestly, because I feel like This person really knows themselves. They've done a lot of work. And I I think the biggest question that jumps out to me is if you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do, you need to know where you're trying to go. Um, So, what are your goals? You know, if you've got your values, that's an amazing first start. And all of her values sound, I mean, connection as number one is very telling, right? Because it sounds like so far, ambition has been like the price of connection. Like, get excited about other people being ambitious, take on this ambitious, you know, kind of role for yourself, because that's what gets you connection. And so she feels like she's betrayed herself in order to get connection. And ambition is like the name on the label. But ultimately, that was just kind of what it was called. You know, there's nothing wrong with being ambitious per se. It's just she felt like she was pushing past what she actually wanted in order for people to get it in order for people to be in her life and be excited for her. And So really, it's like, what are you trying to do? Do you do you want to be an artist as your job? Or would you rather create for yourself? Because that burnout in your personal life is like a yellow flag to me. If you don't even want to create for yourself, but creating is something you love, then maybe creating shouldn't be your job, you know, or like she says, maybe she just wants a different job because her current job is just kind of blah. So really, I think the first question is, what what's your goal? Where are you trying to go? But th- but this really is complicated.
0: And she acknowledges like that only she can really know what she wants. She mm-hmm. just has to figure it out. Yeah, I love it. I think there's a difference between growth and ambition. And so getting familiar with the differences between those two might do you some good as well. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that. Elise, what do you think?
1: Yeah. Okay. Like my first thought, I like totally resonate with her too, because for like the longest time, like I literally, like people looked at me as like, oh, like Elise is not ambitious. Like I, I've talked about this before. Like I went to college, like trying to find me a man so I can get married and have an MRS degree and pop out some babies and like clean the house and eat bonbons on the couch. Like that was in my mind, like the dream. Right. And then, <laughs> and then I met Callie. get over it. Every time you say it, I'm just like. <laughs> like, but like everyone who knew me knew that that was my track. Like everyone was like, "Oh, Elise is out trying to find a husband because she's trying to get married." I told everybody like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be married by my senior year of college." And Arizona people from California were like. Pfft who's this bitch from Texas (laughs) for real. But it wasn't until, and like, I was okay with that, you know, like I was totally fine with that because that's what I wanted. And if that was what was going to make me happy, if you didn't get that, then like, I don't give a shit because that's what I want to do. It wasn't until truly I met Callie and came on the blush team that I was like, Oh my God. Like I literally never thought that when I had kids that I would work like never in my mind. And now I can't imagine like, okay, when I do have kids, like I'm not going to be able to not be part of blush and like not see my clients and like, that is correct. Yeah. No, I I mean like I'm here until the day I die, you know, but it's, it's cool because it's like, that piece of ambition came with me finding my purpose and my passion and my meaning. But I think my, where my mind went first is I think it's really hard to be in a room of people where everybody is the same or has like the same mentality and you feel like the odd man out, right? Like have you guys ever seen that social experiment where you go into the elevator and everybody has their back face towards the opening of the door Like, so they're faced the opposite way. And then these people go in there and they're like, obviously visibly confused, but they turn and stand the same way as all the other people because they're like, there must be something wrong here. I'm the odd man out. So I must conform to like be normal. So I think what's really hard in my mind, if I'm putting myself in the writer's shoes, you're surround. you're around a lot of people who are different from you and who their idea of ambition is different than your idea of ambition. And so that is what I think the hurdle is. I think in terms of like questioning yourself, like you already know the freaking answer. Like you're like, when I let go of this idea of being ambitious. I felt happy. I felt peace. I felt joy. I felt meaning like girl, you know, your answer, you just answered it for yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, she knows the answer, uh, for sure. I just think she feels guilty because somewhere along the line, she learned that ambition, in this sense, and ambition to me, in this sense, means pushing yourself arbitrarily. Mm -hmm. Like, and also, millennials have done an amazing job monetizing everything. Mm -hmm. Notice how we're no longer allowed to have hobbies, we have to sell our art, we Mm -hmm. have to like. Charge people for services. I mean, says the business owner who, you know, charges, has a subscription model service, but, you know, but it is, I I find this with my clients all the time. I'm like, girl, you're allowed to just like cook for no reason and you don't have to post a picture of it on Instagram and amass like 20,000 followers in order to like be worthy or be good at what you do or enjoy it. Like, Mm -hmm. we have got to calm down at some point. And again, I got thrown into this world. Big time when I first started, and I felt like the worst version of myself because I couldn't relate to all these like busybodies who are just like teaching myself this and da da da, and like the whole female entrepreneur space. Like it is a brand, and I do not relate. So mm-hmm. I re- I truly do know what it's like to feel like you're not good enough, and because you don't relate to these values, and 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 if you continue to push yourself, you are going to feel resentful. Which I think you've you're already there. Yeah, you're already feeling a lot of resentment. So. All three of us are in agreement, I think, to stop. You gotta stop. And then Jenna saying, but where do you want to go? And if you want to go to a place where your work-life balance is this like gorgeous pie chart that everyone is envious of, and it's like, yes, that's what life is supposed to be, then like that is ambitious because you are sitting here saying, I dare to not let my career define me. And when I meet people at parties, my answer for what do you do might be sleep. (laughs) I would, by the way, if I met you in real life and you live in Los Angeles, I would want to bond with you after that answer. I would be like, yes, come sit over here, please. Like you are great. You're authentic. You know what you want.
1: Totally. And I think too, in going back to, I mean, obviously I'm on the Bernay Brown train right now because I'm reading her book and it's gold. But she talks a lot about courage and bravery, right? To be able to raise her hand and be like, "Um, what's working for y'all is actually making me fucking miserable. Like that is true bravery. And so I think for her, you know, a lot of it is like social pressure and cultural pressure. And, you know, like Callie mentioned, it's always attached to something. And I can remember when I got sick and literally couldn't even wipe my own butt at a 24-year-old person, I read this quote because I was like, what is the purpose of life now if I literally cannot do anything? And I read this quote that literally changed my mind. And it said, changed my whole life. It said, if the only thing you did today was breathe, you're doing great and you are worthy. And I feel like that gave me permission to just sit my ass on the couch and fucking heal. And so letter writer, if you need us to give you permission to do what you want to do and have no second thoughts about it, this is it. You
2: Given. have it. You have it from all of us.
0: Given Jenna as well. <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Yes. No, this is this is dead on, you know, and I think it's up to you how much your job takes up of your identity, of your life. You know, I think sometimes we feel like, you know, the cocktail party scenario, like you have to have a great answer or you have to have an answer that someone else will understand. And the truth is like no. Like if you love art, then that's amazing. That could be your job, but it could be your hobby and you can go work at Denny's. Like you can do anything. Um you don't have to explain it to anyone, you don't have to justify it to anyone, you know, and like I think Elise said it great because you brought up passion, like this idea of like you intuitively know what you want, you're just second guessing it because you're feeling like other people don't understand, Mm -hmm. but you already know. And so like when it comes to like applying for that next job, like say a job comes up in one of these fields that do get you excited you will know that you want to put in the effort to apply for that job because you won't care that you have to come up with new projects and you'll know that you have to like push up your sleeves and and rearrange your whole portfolio to fit this application but you'll be excited to do it you'll want to do it that's when you know it's worth it if it sounds like a drag then like mm, you don't want that
0: yeah i agree and i jenna i think that's why she's feeling resentful too it's not just the people in her life that are probably pushing her in a direction she like obviously doesn't want to go in. It's also her feeling this, it, this internal voice. Maybe it's your mom. Cause I listen to my mom in my head too. But she, I love you, Carol, but like, it's probably her thinking that she has to apply. And then she's sitting here going, it's so much work. It's so much work. Well, if she wanted the job, I don't think she would actually think it was so much work. She'd be like, this is fun. This is because usually Well, in an ideal world, I guess this isn't always true, but ideally the interview process is fun for someone who wants the job because it's kind of a small reflection of what the job is going to be. But... Honestly, to to like even to dump out, I, I love that Jen is giving such specific advice because sometimes we go on these tangents. And sorry, guys, I'm about to take you on one. But I couldn't get the conversation out of my head. If you've read the book Eat, Pray, Love, yes, I'm basic, and I love Elizabeth Gilbert and the movie with Julia Roberts, mm-hmm. also amazing. But they're having the discussion about what's your word. And, and they're naming the words for like different countries. And then they're saying, what's my word? What's my word? And, and Liz goes, oh, I guess my word is writer. And they challenge her immediately and say, no, that's not, that's not who you are. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. So what is your word? And I won't get away. She chooses a word. And, um, I think she, she chooses an Italian word and it's like the most like incredible, like existential, amazing word. It's perfect for her. And I was like, yes, that is her word because writer didn't feel correct even though i'm reading this book that's so amazing written by the writer it still didn't feel right for her and so I don't think artist is going to cut it for you. I don't think, you know, I don't know exact what your job title is, but I know that's not going to cut it for you. So maybe try this exercise. Like, what is your word? You know, it's probably not sleep either. It's probably not chef. It's probably something like so out there and so weird and so cool. And when you find it, you're going to be like, yes. And then the goal is to make that the umbrella and have your life, Fit in under that word so that it all feels congruent, and that way you're not tied down to just your career defining you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that alone, that journey alone, is ambitious, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the same people who go walk the Pacific Crest Trail—it's like, no, thank you. But do I think you're ambitious for doing that? Yes, <laughs> even though they're not making a dime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think finding your word. I do a lot like a fun exercise with some of my clients where I'm like, literally envision like your self-actualized self, like with no chains, no limitations, no self-limiting beliefs, like ideal self, like truly embodiment of like who you are at your core. Like, what does that look like? And then What's the difference or space between how you're showing up now versus like who that woman is, you know? And I feel like then it can really be like when you actually create this profile of like, this is who I'm striving to become, then it feels like you have that goal, right? That you're working towards something. I think right now the letter writer probably feels like she's at a crossroads where she's like, I can either keep lying to myself and, you know, playing along with everybody else's game, trying to force myself to put a smile on, but I'm actually miserable and burnt out. Or I can take this other path of like, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want. And she's kind of like dipped her toes in that water and feels that joy and happiness and validation, right? Like trust. I'm a big intuition and gut feeling type of gal. Like you have to, have to, have to lean into that because like uh, Glennon Doyle talked about it too. She's She literally locks herself in her closet and closes her eyes and it's be still and know, right? Like if you just close your eyes and you really think like, beyond the chaos that sits up at the surface. Like you really sink deep and you're like, okay, well, what do I want? Because I promise you, there's a lot of people out there in the world that live their whole life, making decisions and choices based on what other people want from them. And those are the people who are having like, you know, when you get to that stage at the end of their life and they're reflecting back and they're like, damn, you know, I went to, I went to grad school with a man who was literally 80 years old his name was john and he was a banker his whole life and he was in my cohort and i was like john no offense but you're fucking old okay like what's the deal like what's happening here and he's like yeah i just like lived my life the way that i thought that i should and i knew that if i was gonna die and i didn't have a chance to be someone's therapist i was gonna have regrets and here i am and i'm like Fuck
0: yeah, John. Yes. And I think the funny thing is that most people in John's life probably called him ambitious for working at a bank. But the most totally. ambitious thing that he did was go and get his graduate degree in counseling at age 80.
1: And he was the best. Like we had we had I he saw parents and I saw the kids. And like we were like the best tag team. And He was just like the cutest little old man in the clinic. Like, oh my gosh. I it was amazing. But it was really inspiring to see because it's like, that's not the norm. That's not the norm at all. People make decisions based on, cause we're a people pleasing society and we want to make sure that we're fitting in. And, you know, Jenna made the point of connection, right? If, if you're a relationship based person, like I find my identity through my relationships with other people. That's why I'm in the field that I'm in. And that's why my friendships mean so much to me. But when you're someone who really values connection, but all the people in your circle are people who are, you know, super ambitious and have these crazy goals and always doing something and forward moving, like then you're kind of stuck because you're like, okay, well I want to connect with these people because these are my people, but I feel like I'm different.
0: Mm I love that.
2: (laughs) Well, and and that makes me think Elise, too, like we're coming full circle here because like you can be ambitious and your job could be a means to an end. Like your job can be a means to allow you to live your personal life to the fullest. Yes. And that makes me think about what you were saying before, Elise, with like your job, your goal being to get that MRS degree. It's like but that's still ambitious. Ambitious just means you're going after what you want. Yeah. And I have said that for a long time that my job is just a means for me to live the way I want to with my family because my family is my real like top of the heap. This is what I want. Everything else falls under that. And so my job is just a means to like have the schedule that I want and be able to afford healthcare and various other necessities, but it's just a bonus when you find a job that you're excited about and passionate about as well, you know, Mm -hmm. but ultimately I would do anything if it just let me live the life that I want with my family. Mm -hmm. And like, that doesn't mean that you're not ambitious. That's ambitious just in a different way. No, I think,
0: I think that is ambitious. I mean, that's kind of what I was saying in the beginning. Like, I think you nailed it, Jenna, with that definition, which is it's just going for what you want. And by the way, if you're going for stuff that you don't want, I have to tell you, I wouldn't call that ambitious. And those people freak me out because I meet them all the time and I can sense it and I get really uncomfortable and I don't know how to react because how do you react to someone when they're telling you stuff and their whole story is basically a lie. You know, that's not what they want. And I'm just, I I get the heebie jeebies. And so if I were to meet you and you were to say this, honestly, then I'd be like, don't, you are at a crossroads. Like Elise said, don't do something because someone else wants it. Like it is ambitious to turn it down and say, I'm going to do what I want. Right. I mean, I think we're probably putting so many people in categories of ambition just because I don't know, they like managed to take the right left turn and happen to get a huge bonus and now they're making a ton of money. It's like, that, that's not what this is about. Like, you know, here, at least here at Blush, we don't value a person by how much money they make, what their job title is, any of that shit, because it's toxic and good for you if you have a good job title or salary, whatever. But that's not what we're talking about here. And I, I wanna make sure everyone knows that. We are talking about listening to yourself figuring out who your authentic self is showing up as them and then taking it a step further and like actively creating a life meant for that person. And that is the difference is knowing who you are. Okay. But you could still sit in this purgatory forever. If you wanted to, Mm -hmm. it's, it's as Elise said, it's the courageous, it's being brave to take a step forward and actually do it. That to me is ambition. Even if that's taking a step towards your bed.
1: I want to like
2: mic drop my mic.
0: I want to (laughs) like pick it up and drop it on the ground because that shit is good.
2: (laughs) Well, and it's okay to take a second too, right? Like you don't have to be in constant motion. You know, we, the letter writer talked about how you guys value like forward motion and forward progress and all of that. And I think sometimes we put pressure on ourselves that like we always have to be working towards the thing. We always have to be moving. It is okay to take a second or a year, or three years, and say, you know what? I'm not sure where I want to go from here, so I'm just going to stay here rather than dump a bunch of time and energy and effort into a direction I'm not sure I want to go down. Because that's what gives me the heebie-jeebies, Kelly, is like when I meet someone who's working really, really hard down a path that they're not sure they want to
0: go down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it freaks me out. And you're like, hey, just slow down. It's okay to think about it first. That's totally true. I think like I'm, uh, this is another great clarification point I can say. I'm going to come back to the elevator example, at least the social experiment. Like my problem is when I I want you to be facing a certain way. At least I want you to be looking towards the sun. You don't have to be taking a step towards it, but like forward progression to me means like looking towards the sun and not putting your back on it. And taking that first step, as Jenna said, requires thought. This isn't something you get to do willy nilly. This isn't something that you just get to be like, "Ah!" just gonna take a step here and end up where I don't even know where and then you're John and you're 80 years old in Elise's graduate school program because holy shit you know like definitely take a a minute I mean hell I'm pretty sure all I did last week was just like think about drag queens so like let's be real I mean I think I like spiraled and like probably blew up my doctor's phone too many times and then like really just fantasized about drag queens and was like I would like to be one what's my drag name which by the way it's bippity boppity boo um you can you can call me boo or fairy godmother so that's what i did so does that make you feel better i love
1: that so much that like literally tickles me inside
2: i feel like now we have to all come up with our drag queen name, and i'm like struggling already i'm gonna labor over this
0: fairy godmother it's so stupid i have this whole cinderella theme anyway i this is like i loved this time together, because I feel like we all completely agreed. And it was, you know, we were all on the same page, but we had such unique and different ways to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really appreciative to this letter writer again, because she, she gave me the opportunity not to backtrack, but to, to circle back and, and really explain where I'm coming from. Cause I don't want anyone listening, thinking that if you're not again, making a certain amount or have a certain job or have a nine to five, that you're not worthy because I mean, you can't see me right now, but I'm literally in sweatpants every single day and I work from home. And like, I I am realizing that I use vocabulary in a way to where it makes sense to me, but it doesn't even dawn on me that someone else would take it with different contexts, which like, of course, because that's literally how language works, Callie. Uh, But anyway, really grateful for this conversation, for this letter writer. Again, we are in complete harmony with this, which is you do you, bench trying to force anything, spend more of your time exploring your hobbies and what makes you happy. If the right thing crosses your desk that makes you feel so excited, like, oh my gosh, I get paid to do this. That's when you know it's for you. But otherwise put your time into creating this beautiful, balanced, gorgeous life that Jenna was talking about, how she works. And yes, she has fun working and she enjoys it, but it's all for her family. It's all for what's after work. Mm -hmm. Um, There is nothing wrong with that. In fact, I find that very courageous to be able to say out loud, this is what I value. This is what I work for. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. Amen. And focus on your word. I really want to hear what it is. Yeah. You know, I'm excited.
1: That's that's everybody's homework. Find your word and figure out your drag name.
0: (laughs) 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 Bippity boppity. Boom. I love it. You know,
2: and make some friends who are like-minded so that you don't feel like such a unicorn. You know, find some people who also don't want to talk about work and then you won't question yourself so much.
0: But sometimes that's hard.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So you just let me know and I'll bring the popcorn and the blankies.
1: Yeah, Jenna's like, I will be everybody's friend. Just call me, and you guys... If that were possible,
2: 100%.
1: If if Jenna had a theme song, it would be the Toy Story. You got a friend in
0: me. Yep. (laughs) I don't think that's Toy Story. I think that's... Isn't that James Taylor?
2: (laughs) It is, but it's in Toy Story. Whatever.
0: Wait, but but I love that Elise (laughs) knows that song from Toy Story. (laughs) Fuck you, Callie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I... That we have to go <gasps> week. I now I'm going to fixate on James Taylor toy story. The hilariousness. Okay. All right, girls. Ex ambitious artist. Thank you so much. If you honestly, like, I, if you want to process this, I think you found the right place and you or anyone else listening can, you know, join blush, get a life coach, work with one of us. You get 25% off your first month with promo code blush. You And then everyone else, this letter was so detailed, so long. We loved it. So remember, you can write in to you at joinblush.com. We just love, 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 love reading your submissions. Again, we want updates. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you thought our advice was trash or if you were like, this was was great and it helped. We would love that. Um, But anyway, we're going to continue to have guests on to Jenna, you were such a rock star. This was so fun having you on. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Jenna is taking clients right now too, guys. So if you're listening and you're like, Jenna, yes, that's my girl, then she's she's available. So I would jump on it because I wouldn't expect her to be available for much
1: longer. She's the best, honestly. Like she's really. basically Callie and I's life coach.
2: You guys are so sweet. This is basically a dream come true. So I'm excited for our next podcast. Apparently this has been a lifelong dream.
0: (laughs) Heck yeah. Okay guys. Uh, we will, we will see you soon then. Bye everyone. Bye everyone.